down in twos. <laughs> nah, we do. Baby, read. Curling off the screen, driving baseline. Oh, you fat with a three. Yes, I just said that. That is that man's name. Don't tweet at me. I don't want to tweet from anybody. That's the man's name. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Ball Street Journal podcast. On today's episode, we are going to be reviewing the Utah Jazz's offseason. So the Jazz last year finished at 49-33. and 33. They were the number 5 seed in the Western Conference. They then flamed out in the first round to the Dallas Mavericks, 4 games to 2. In what was not really a particularly close series, I mean, the fact that Luka Doncic missed the first 3 games of that series, and the Jazz still lost to that team... I mean, that was, a, that was a shocking upset, and then we'll get into what they did this offseason, but it really started the teardown. Uh, the Jazz last year, I mean, they really went into it with a lot of pressure. The previous year, they finished as the number one seed. They then flamed out in the second round to the Clippers. They were up 2-0 on them. They lost four straight games. The last two games of that series, they lost, even though Kawhi Leonard was hurt and he was out, and they still lost to them. And that really set the tone for the Jazz all last year, where there was always seemed to be some sort of ex- extra pressure on them uh, because of the way that series ended, where the Clippers played five out and Rudy Gobert was pretty much rendered ineffective because he was having to chase the uh, guys on the perimeter. And then on offense, he was really not able to attack mismatches. And so it was like a question of, yeah, the Jazz's uh, style works in the regular season. Can it work in the offseason? They did take a step back last season, so they finished as the fifth seed and from a drop from the first seed the prior year. And they then, in the first round of the playoffs, the same things happened, even without Luka Doncic. I mean, Spencer Dinwiddie and Jalen Brunson was running circles around that perimeter defense of the Jazz. Um, it was just a poor showing from guys like Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, he, people were just blowing right by him. Uh it was just it was sad to see uh and then yeah you have Rudy Gobert there but what happens is when you play a guy like Davis Bertans or Maxi Kleba uh, a three-point shooting center then Gobert is going to have to go chase after them and so they really had uh the, the five out was a great way to beat the Jazz when you have bad perimeter defenders and then Gobert can't just camp at the rim because he has to chase shooters on the outside uh and so that really set the tone for the Jazz's offseason. As soon as they hired Danny Ainge last year, you kind of knew, you anticipated what was going to happen this offseason if the Jazz didn't live up to expectations. And um, it came true. So Danny Ainge, he has a history of breaking up teams. Um, he does not settle for the middle. He either will tank or go to medi- mediocrity or he wants to build a championship team. So... That's Quinn Snyder. He was the first piece. He, uh, They called it officially that Snyder and the team decided that he will not be coming back. He had one year left on his deal. There were reports that they did offer him an extension, but he didn't want to sign it. Um, and so they did not bring back Quinn Snyder. And then the first shoe to drop was the Rudy Gobert trade, uh, where he was traded to Minnesota for five first-round picks. Also other players such as Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly was in that trade. Um, they also got Jared Vanderbilt. So that was, and Walker Kessler. I mean, he was one of the first round picks. They pretty much added, counted him as an extra pick. Um, 
And then the other shoe to drop was, well, okay, they lost Quinn Snyder. They hired Will Hardy, who's a first-time coach, and he's uh, the 34, only 34. And so is Donovan Mitchell long for Utah? I mean, does he want? It's clearly headed in a rebuilding direction because they're getting picks. They hired a first-time coach. They traded away Royce O'Neal, who was his best friend, to the Nets for a first-round pick. And we all know the Royce O'Neal trade ultimately set off the the meme moment, NBA meme moment of the of the summer with the Windhorst. What's going on in Utah, and why would they do that? And <laughs> so that really set the tone for that. Um, and then in, later in the summer, in August, we got the Donovan Mitchell trade. So they traded him to the Cavaliers. They got three first-round picks for him. We did a whole pod on just the Donovan Mitchell trade. Um, but two pick swaps and then Colin Sexton, Laurie Markinen, and Ochai Agbaji. So they got those guys. They also did flip uh, Patrick Beverly then to get... Um, Taylor Horton, Tucker, and Stanley Johnson from the Lakers. I mean, so all in all, so like, who did they lose? And just as recently, they did trade Boyan Bogdanovich to the Pistons for Saban Lee and Kelly Olynyk. So if you look at that team from last year, Bogdanovich is gone. Rudy Gobert is gone. Donovan Mitchell is gone. There is still, uh, they did lose Trent Forrest. They lost Juancho Hernan Gomez. Daniel Howe signed with the Sixers. They also lost Royce O'Neal. We talked about him. Eric Pascal signed with the Timberwolves. Hassan Whiteside is still as a free agent. And then who are the players that they added? So they have Ochai Baji. We talked about him. Malik Beasley from the trade. They also got Leandro Bolmero um, in the trade. He was one of the first. He was the Minnesota Timberwolves' first round pick from this past year. They got Horton Tucker, Stanley Johnson, Johnny Juzang from UCLA. He was an undrafted free agent. Um, we talked about Walker Kessler, Saban Lee, Lauren Markinen, Laurie Markinen, Kelly Olenek, Colin Sexton, Jared Vanderbilt, and they also signed Cody Zeller. So the Jazz at this point, they have more than 15 players on the roster. They still have to make a consolidation trade somehow. Um, I doubt that Danny Ainge is just going to release some of these players and not get anything back. And what we, what we mean by a consolidation trade is, so, you know, there's rumors that Jordan Clarkson, he's... What I mean, he doesn't seem like to fit their timeline. Malik Beasley is not going to fit, fit their timeline. And Mike Conley is also not going to fit their timeline. So those are probably like the next couple of players that they're going to trade. It's just a matter of when, not if. Uh, whether it's going to be before the season, during the season, or they're going to have to cut some guys uh, to get that roster to 15 before the season starts. But the Jazz have made their intentions clear. I mean, this is a team that they tore it. They realized that they maxed out the roster Ainge this he came in and realized they are not going to go anywhere further up and it doesn't really make sense to be a middling in the team in the middle so let's just get to the bottom and if there's any year to get to the bottom it's this year uh I mean last night there was a game between uh the G League Ignite and the French team the Mets 92 um the Mets 92 is who Victor Wembanyama plays for and the G League Ignite has Scoot Henderson I mean, if there, I think what that really showed was if there's a year to tank, it's this year. Um, Wembeyama dropped 37 points. I mean, he was just, people are calling him a, a mix of Kevin Durant and Rudy Gobert, just given his offensive skills and his defensive skills. Um, he is, he made seven three pointers. He scored 37 points. Um, I mean, this guy is 7'5", but he's playing like Kevin Durant out on the wing. I mean, Kevin Durant's basically a 7-footer himself. Wembeyama is probably 5 inches taller than him. And he's making pull-up threes. He's making catch-and-shoot threes. 
he had he had a post he had a post up game. He had a um, you know that mid range face up game as well. He showed that he could do everything, and he's seven five. Really, the only risk with the Mayama is with that height, the injury risk, which you get with all these tall guys. Uh, but then on defense, you know, he was uh, he was making shot blocks out there, and you know, Scoot Henderson, he was no slouch. I mean, this guy's six three with a six nine wingspan. He scored twenty eight points. He showed an array of moves as well, dribble moves. He was getting into the paint. He had this one reverse finish over uh, Victor. He had the mid range game. He had an improved jump shot. And so whoever ends up getting the second pick, Scoot Henderson's no slouch. So I think that's really why teams are, you're going to see teams tank like never before because they know these two prizes are out there. And there's also room, you know, people are saying overall, you know, you always hear at this time of the year that this draft is strong, but there are guys like the Thompson twins um, that are out there who could also be potential top five picks. And so the Jazz, you know, this is going to be a season of rebuilding. Uh, it's very similar to, I think, when Boston first hired Brad Stevens. You know, that's, I think, what the situation they find themselves in with Will Hardy, where they're going to, they signed him to a six-year contract. He's going to get time to learn on the job, make mistakes. There's no pressure to win with this team. If anything, they probably want to lose. Um, they're going to continue to trade uh, some of these players for further assets. And really, the goal is to get um, Wenbayama or Scoot Henderson, preferably Wenbayama. Um, I think after losing someone like Rudy Gobert, that you get with Bayama, that's going to be an, um, the ultimate prize. And, you know, I, mean, I guess this pod kind of turned into an analysis of the 2023 draft's top two picks. But really, that's really what we're going to be looking at with the Jazz this season. There's no expectations for winning. It's all about getting to that draft lottery date next year and seeing where they land. And that's it for this pod. Till next time. Bye. I want to give a shout out to our producer, Sandeep. And to let all the listeners know to help us out and follow us on Instagram at BSJPod and on Twitter as well at BSJPod. You can also find all our episodes uploaded onto our website at www.bsjpod.com. Thank you.